We cover our bases, basic, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch where it takes us Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our response is amazing Our bases covered, yeah Yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather Then you know we bringing it home We cover our bases, basic, you can't erase us Back and forth, watch how we shine Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it Always our responses be prime Our bases covered, Woo. Yeah, you know you love it, no limits to where we can go So do grab a seat Oh no, this ain't MLB, but you know it's time for the show All bases covered, my brothers, yeah, you know you love it We get it, yeah, we going in Yeah, we be focused like this is the bottom of night, baby You know we ready to win Sports and pop culture, we cover those things that we supposed to We knocking it out of the park All bases covered, no end in the topic that say to the culture We send it Welcome to the All Bases Covered podcast. I am your host, uh, Mike. I don't know where Sam is. Uh, I thought he was going to be jumping on. We're still waiting on our producer, Joe, to hop on, and Josh, our frequent contributor and other co-host of the show, uh, is also not here. I don't know where everybody's at. Uh, So we're going to get started here just momentarily. Um, (laughs) There were some technical difficulties on my end at first, so... I do apologize. Uh, we have quite a bit to discuss uh, coming up. Uh, so it's it's uh, the o- uh, opening weekend of college football starting here soon, and uh, I, I can't, it can't get here fast enough. There's Josh. There's somebody to help me guide through here. We're still waiting on our, on our producer, uh, Joe. So, But at least, at least Josh is here. I don't know where Sam is. Sam had some car issues earlier, so uh, – just you and me on the uh, on this dip uh, to nowhere, I guess, Josh. Hey, they saved the two for the for the best. That came out <laughs> way wrong, didn't it? It did. It, that, that was just very awkward, but that's that's okay. Just uh-huh. because I'm trying to I'm trying to drain water for Skyline Chili right now, so I can feed my kids. So, oh, I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha, buddy. Man. So, so, speaking of kids, man, is, uh, some kind of shit went down this weekend that was not cool and that I wasn't made aware of until after, well, after it happened. But I was coaching Argent's baseball team, okay? And apparently my youngest son, my youngest son was playing, and he made friends with this little girl at the ballpark. They were just kind of playing, and the little girl's mom is sitting here whispering shit, like get her, get her away from him. Uh, I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want him touching her. Not aware that my wife is sitting directly behind her, and my wife didn't. My, you know, my wife was kind of started hearing stuff, and she was like, okay, that's odd, but you know, and then the lady kept on like calling her daughter over here, great, get over here, get over here, and just was like, I, I then said it again, I don't want to play with him, and, you know, it's like, why, because my son's not, is that, is that what the issue was, you know, my wife didn't come on her, so, my wife didn't confront her, because she didn't want to make a scene at the ball game, but, I mean, I don't know. It's hurtful, dude. It's 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 a it's a hurtful thing to have to to to, to deal with to see your little three year old, uh, you know, who's trying to make friends get turned away just be 
for no no other reason. So I don't know. It was just kind of sad, man, because my my three year old everybody. Uh, he doesn't you know he doesn't know strength. He likes to play. Um, so just kind of right, there's the there's a that. there's a taste of Black America right there, man. Yeah. They they deal with a lot of a lot of this stuff every single day. Uh, we don't see it, uh, but I mean we hear stories about it all the time. Is it is it as prevalent as it used to? Used to be back in the '60s, '70s, '80s. No, but it still happens yeah. to them. Um, no, it's, it's still prevalent, man. It's just hidden better now. Exactly. Now those folks, now those folks are working at banks. They're quiet racists. They don't say. They don't drop, you know, racial slurs out in public anymore. But I mean, growing up, man, I had to deal with a lot of shit. Just being like part Chinese, people would say shit to me. But like. There was a story. Dude, people still where, say stuff to you. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, my friends can get away with it, but nobody else. So, well, <laughs> let, let me ask you a question yeah. because, yeah, like we bust each other's balls all the time, right? And yeah, we we make fun of each other uh, with our races. Uh, you know, I always make fun of you because uh, we always say you can't drive. Um, right. Yeah. And. So, so where where does that that line start crossing in America? Like, uh, when do when do me, I get canceled? You know what? I, I I can joke around with you and you can take it, but if somebody else hears me say something to you, it's gonna automatically be turned around on me. You know? Maybe. I mean, I, I for me, it's a matter of do I know you, and are you coming at me with ill intent, or are you joking around? If I don't know you, I, and I've had people, I've had people that I don't know at all hear my friends joke around and then say shit to me, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't fucking know you, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't joke around with me like that because I don't know who the fuck you are, right? Like, they might be a friend of a friend. Um, I mean, and I've been out in public. There was one time you remember Jermaine, and oh yeah, me and Jermaine. Me and Jermaine were at Skyline Chili in Covington at like two thirty in the morning one night after 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 having a, a few too many drinks, and me and Jermaine were busting each other's balls. He was making tons of Asian jokes, and I was making a ton of black jokes. And this white woman near us walked over to us and told us how offended she was. And Jermaine was just like, "Fuck off! What are you offended for? You know, like what the fuck are you offended for?" We're black and Asian, and we're making black and Asian jokes. And if we're cool with it, shut the, sit down and shut the fuck up, basically. But, you know, the scary thing is, man, it, it's the quiet racism. It's not the people who are in front of your face or putting fucking Confederate flags on their fucking trucks. It's the people like, uh, there was a black family who, uh, I think it was in North Carolina, was selling their house. Their house got appraised for $425,000. And they knew something was up. So then they had, basically they got all their stuff, everything, all traces of evidence that they were black out of their house and had a white family sit in for them. And you know what the appraisal came back as? $750,000. Yeah, I heard that story. I, I, no, I heard it and then I read that whole story. That's fucked up. Yeah. That is really fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a story that happened with me is uh, 
when I was, I think it was 19 years old, uh, I worked okay. with uh, this black guy, uh, and he was there for probably about five months. His mom worked there for such a long time, and uh, we became friends, and I invited him out to a country concert, right? He only listened to country inside uh, – when we were working, we would put different types of music on. I would put country on. He'd put hip-hop. Uh, we'd put pop on. So we listened to it all, right? So I, he, he accepted my offer uh, to go to this concert. I took him to Toby Keith. Uh, we're, at, we're in the lawn, and this group of – they are racist hillbillies come up with a Confederate flag and wave it right in front of his face. And he's like, I don't know what this means. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck are you guys doing? He's like, he's here to en- enjoy himself, and you want to fucking bring this shit up to him? Get the fuck out of yeah. here. So we almost got in a big-ass fight for that shit. But, it, I mean, that's that's the type of people you will run into. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I mean, it, I, I can then hate. Never- I don't want to see it. Like, I, I tell I my kids all the time, it's like the whole Black Lives Matter uh, thing. So I was like, hey, I don't mind if you guys go protest. Protesting is yeah. one thing. As soon as you start uh, damaging property and doing it, it's no longer, it's no longer uh, a protest. It's, it's turned into a riot. And at that point, your voice no longer gets heard. Yeah. Agreed there. 100%. Well... The last thing that I had for say, uh, uh, really, one of the things I wanted to talk about in segment one, but Joe's not on here. Have you talked to Joe? I, I, where's our producer, Josh? What happened to our producer? Fuck, I don't know. I mean, he's just <laughs> late to the party here lately, Jesus. This is two nights in a row he's late. Uh, Thursday night, he was late. He was 15 minutes late for our other podcast. Well, and blamed it on the I computer. To, so I guarantee it's a computer problem. Yeah, yeah, I know he was on computer problems on Friday. I, I wanted to talk to him about the teacher strike, but uh, I don't know. Did you watch UFC 278? This was a heck of a pay-per-view. If you haven't seen it yet, um, I definitely think it's worth checking out. The big upset was Leon Edwards knocking out Kamaru Usman. But this is crazy, okay? I – I, did you see the fight, Josh? Did you see the pay-per-view at all? No, not yet. I was waiting for you to get it on Plex so I, I can watch it. But I, it, I did hear the, the kick around the world. Yeah, it's there. It's there on Plex now. It's up. So Okay. And and, and Top Gun Maverick will be up tomorrow. So. Woo-hoo! Um, but basically, Usman was winning this fight against Leon Edwards. He was on – he was up in, in points. Okay, and we're in the final minute of the last round, and basically the announcers are like, "Well, it looks like Leon Edwards is is just going to play for the decision, and he's going to take a he's going to take a decision loss to Kamara Usman." And they're basically writing his obituary. Then all of a sudden, he lands a massive, beautiful head kick into. He feigned with his right. He got. Usman leaning left, and then he just kicked the shit out of him with the left. With the left, and it was over, man. It was over. He was instantly knocked out, instantly out. And so Usman's long streak, uh, winning streak. He Usman has not lost since 2013. 
2013, and he was undefeated in the UFC. Undefeated UFC, and that's against guys like like Masvidal and Gilbert Burns and Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley and Damian Mayha. Like, he'd beat everybody. And yeah, I, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty unstoppable from the fights I did watch. I'm like, God damn, this dude's so yeah. fucking good. But you know that, is, you know but... the fight that reminds me of? What's that? Do you remember the Chael Sonnen Anderson Silva fight? Remember, Sonnen had Anderson beat in that fight. And uh, oh, Silva, you know, Silva got, got him and it. knocked him out. Okay. I do remember that fight. I do remember that one. Um uh, honestly, I, I, I'm i not surprised about everything. It was about nine months ago. It was right before – actually, not nine months ago. It was, oh, yeah, it's been over. It's been about a year ago. Um, Colby Covington was about to fight Kamaru Usman. It was November. It was, And me and Sam were doing this show. And I was like, you know, if Usman beats Covington, I would like to see – Edwards get a shot because Edwards fought Usman, but Usman beat him by decision back in 2015. So it had been a while. And Edwards up to that point had been beating everybody. He had been on a big time winning streak. I, I, he had, he was coming off wins off, uh, against Rafael Desanias and Nate Diaz. And I was like, get this dude a title shot. And he made the most of it, and he beat Usman. But it was it was a great fight. I honestly wouldn't mind seeing it again. And so, oh, but that fight was great. But probably, I can be honest with you, man, the fight of the night, the fight of the night was had to be the versus Luke Rockhold. That fight was unbelievable. Rockhold was losing the fight. He was gassed after round one. But he made a valiant effort, and he hit Costa with some bombs in the final round. But Costa was able to withstand it and come out with the win. Um, that, that was a really good fight. The Aldo fight was not very good. That was that one was kind of boring. And then Tyson Pedro uh, knocking out Hunsucker in the first round in, in about a minute was, was kind of crazy. But it was overall it was a great fight. I have to give. Definitely got to get a fight of the night, though, uh, which it's what won it. But Costa and Rockhold was definitely a crazy-ass fight. That was one of the better fights. And Rockhold should go ahead. 37 years old, you know. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely worth watching, Josh. It was, it was a great pay-per-view, man. So, uh, let me ask you, this is a little off off the UFC topic, but it's it's still in the, the realm of uh, in the ring. What do you think about Anthony Joshua taking another defeat against Yersik? Congratulations on coming back out and running his mouth. I don't, I don't know, man, because Joshua, Joshua's a bum. Let me just tell you that much. Anthony Joshua is a bum. Yeah, I know he was undefeated for a while. Uh, I think he's currently he's twenty four and three. He's always been a bum. Anthony Joshua's not beat anybody. He's not beat a single fucking person. Okay, fine. You want to talk that he beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2017? Let me tell you, Vladimir, that was five years ago. Vladimir Klitschko was 46 years old. So he was 41 years old when Anthony Joshua beat him. 
he was well past his prime. Well past his yeah, prime. Yeah, I was about to say, Klitschko, Klitschko was like 40. Yeah. Yeah, he was 41 years old. So well past his prime. The only other guy that Joshua beat was Andy Ruiz, okay? But he lost to Ruiz first via knockout. Then he beat Ruiz by decision the next time they fought uh, a couple months later. And then this guy, Alexander Houston, is the guy that's beaten out twice by decision. Yeah, and, and I think Ruiz, that second fight, I, I think he what came heavier than what he did the, the first fight and just not as hungry, too. So yeah. it didn't look like he was, he was ready to fight that second fight. I, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, Andre, Andy Ruiz is kind of a bum, too. Yeah, he I mean, is. He's not, he's not holding up there with the best of the best. I'm sorry. The heavyweight division is the weakest division in boxing right now. And, and that's, it's not always been that way, right? In the 90s, it was loaded with people with Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe. And who was that Polish guy that kept hitting Riddick Bowe in the nuts? You know who I'm talking about. Um, fuck, I can't think of his name. And then you had Michael Moore and company. But, this, I mean, the heavyweight division is very, very weak. Uh, Ustik hasn't really yeah, I mean, beat anybody either before before beating Joshua. His best win was against Derek Chisora, who's also a bum. So, I don't know, man. I, I, so, is Tyson Fury, Fury a bum? Tyson Fury is not a bum. Fury... Fury is a very good fighter, um, but the problem with Tyson Fury is what is the problem is with a lot of the heavyweights. He hasn't really fought anybody. He his best win was against Vladimir Klitschko, who at that time when when he beat Klitschko, Klitschko was thirty eight years old. So, once again. Klitschko, because for the longest time, Klitschko couldn't be touched. Once he started training uh, with uh, Emmanuel Stewart, because the, the knock on Vladimir Klitschko for a long time, especially in his early career, was that he didn't have a strong chin, and you could that's how you could beat him. He, he had losses to Corey Sanders and Lamont, Lamont Brewster, and those were two kind of embarrassing losses for Vladimir Klitschko. But then he started working with with Emmanuel Stewart, and all of a sudden he beats he beats Chris Bird, he beats Lamont Brewster when they fought again, he beat Hasim Rahman, he beat uh, Samuel Peter, he beat David Hay, uh, he beat Alexander Povetkin. So he was fighting. I mean, he went a streak from 2004 until 2000 and uh, until 2015, 11 years, where he didn't lose a fight. And then at the at the end of his career, he lost Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua because he was just old at that point. He was 39. Uh, sorry, I have his age right here. He was 39 when he lost to Tyson Fury, and he was 41 when he lost to uh, when he lost to Anthony Joshua. So, you know, you know as well as I do, Josh. In boxing, once you get to like 35, you're you're pretty much toast. I mean, same thing happened to Manny Pacquiao, man. He hit like 35, 36. He started not he's not as fast. He started losing fights. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I have to agree. I I don't see Tyson Fury fighting that many big heavyweights yet, but he just he was a dominating heavyweight. How how long that man is, 
how big he yeah. is. But Deontay Wilder, he, he got a few shots and, and knocked him down. And surprisingly, he got up in that first fight. Um, that second fight, I think he just absolutely destroyed Wilder. And the third fight, it was a little bit yeah. closer. But yeah. um, it, That's I hope he comes days. back for one more fight uh, to unify yeah. the titles with Yersik, but more likely, it, it sounds like that's not going to happen, and that's going to suck for boxing. I think so, too. He just doesn't sound interested. But to your point against Wilder, what happened was Fury figured Wilder out in the 10th round of their first fight. Then yeah, you, saw Fury, you saw Fury dominate the 11th and 12th rounds and make it a split decision. That's why when he fought Wilder the second time, it was over so quickly because he figured he figured why he figured Wilder out and he figured and, and he made adjustments that Wilder did not. Fortunately, Wilder is also not Wilder would not go down as one of the best heavyweights of all time. He just won't. He hasn't. No, I never fight. thought he was. Yeah, yeah. I never thought he was. I mean, he was. Yes, he's got a power punch, but. There's just no names on his record that he's really beat in heavyweight division because, like you said, it's a very weak division. Very weak. It is. And and Wilder, unfortunately, had his chance at putting a big-name win on that against uh, Tyson Fury, and he couldn't get it done in three tries. So when, you're, when your best win is against Luis Ortiz or Chris Ariola. That's a fucking weak ass resume. So, um, so speaking of, I like the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Wow, fuck you. We'll get to, we'll talk Nebraska football on Friday. Dick is other college football. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so I'm uh, sticking with UFC a little bit. Dana White talked on the Gronk UFC fight about how he helped broker a deal for Tom Brady to get to the to get to the Raiders and that how it fell apart at the last minute Gruden decided he didn't want it. Now, there was a famous interview that happened about oh, six or nine months ago. Tom Brady was on LeBron's show The Shop. I'm gonna play this clip right now. Nobody knew who Tom Brady was talking about when he says the famous quote that you'll hear in this. Now we know who he was talking about. There was a story in free agency. One of the teams, they were interested, and all of a sudden, they weren't interested at the very end. I was sitting there thinking, you're sticking with that motherfucker? Are you serious? Tom probably had no desire to go to that team, but now it's like, why don't you want me? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sure. When I look back, I'm like, there's no fucking way I would have went to that team. <laughs> but they said they didn't want me, and I know what that means. I know what that feels like, and I'm going to fuck you up. So... Um, wow. They were like, a lot of the speculation was it was the 49ers, and uh, you're sticking with that motherfucker was aimed at Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. But now we know it was the Raiders, and he was talking about Derek Carr. Wow. Oh, shit. That's crazy. So, because... I'll be honest with you. I will be 100 Derek Carr deserves the you're sticking with that motherfucker treatment. He's not he's not Sam Darnold. He's not and, and to be honest, Carr is a lot younger than Brady is. 
Carr is way yeah, I mean, younger than Brady. I, I'll agree with you. I, I don't think he's terrible. I think he's he's top ten in the league. Uh, I mean, I just think the Raiders have done him a disservice with not getting him enough weapons, uh, yep. not getting offensive line help. Um, yeah. So what? Uh, before Gruden got there, he was uh, he was pretty much a nobody, and Gruden started getting him better, a little bit better. No, that's a, that's actually I'm going to call you out on that a little bit. If you look at Derek Carr's stats, okay, if you look at his stats, there was a season it was. It was the um, it was actually the 2016 season. He got hurt at in game 15, but the Raiders were 12 and three when he got hurt. Okay, so there was one game left to be played. At that point, Carr had thrown for and he got hurt early in that in that game 15. It, uh, it was like in the second quarter or so. At that point, he had 3,937 yards, 28 touchdowns to five interceptions and, the, uh, and, and that year, 20, in 2016, okay? He finished, even though he missed the rest of the season, he finished third in MVP voting, but he got hurt. And then the next year in 2017, the Raiders went six and nine. He had an off season, but still made the Pro Bowl. And then the wheels kind of fell off for the Raiders. They went 4-12, and even though he threw for over 4,000 yards. He only had 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 2019, he struggled. And I think that was 2019. Was it, was it 2018 and 2019 was Gruden's first year back in, with the Raiders. I can't remember which one. But really, then if you look at his season in 2020, he had a great season, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Uh but yeah, I mean, and then last year led the Raiders to the playoffs. This year he's got he's got players around him though, Josh. Well, that's what he's got. I think before, I I think that 2016, I think they had a few good players, and that's why they did so well. And also, I think they had a pretty weak schedule um, that particular year too. Uh, right a bit. Like I said, Might I think been. I think oh. he's a decent. I think he's a decent quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback. Uh, I think he finally came into his own. Uh, yes, he had the the twelve and three season uh, before he got hurt, yeah. but the next couple of years, like you said, the wheels kind of fell off, and that's what I was talking yeah. about. It was, it was the down years, and then Gruden came. Then they started uh, getting that team back up to where it needed to be. To needed yeah. to be. So, yeah, I mean, I I think he's a very accurate quarterback. He's not going to throw a lot yeah. of picks. Um. He's he's more like a game manager, uh, better than the Andy Dalton by manager. far that we've seen. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. I said he's he's definitely better than uh, when the Bengals had Andy Dalton. Uh, I mean, that was yeah. a game manager. Um, and Andy Dalton was ranked in the top ten pretty much during the five years that he made the, the playoffs. Top ten, top 15, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I think for him to say – this fucking guy, that's that's a little off. Yeah, and to your point, Josh, in 2016, you're right. That team had sent actually seven players to the Pro Bowl. That Raiders team, the they had Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree at wideout. They had three Pro Bowl offensive linemen and Donald Penn, Felicios Mele, and Rodney Hudson. And then they also had Khalil Mack, Bruce Irvin, and Reggie Nelson on defense. 
So, yeah, I think they were more yeah, of a defensive team that year. When they, that's why they, they win it a bunch. They were quite. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I said I think their defense were... led them in a lot of wins that year too. Yeah, see, I, I I didn't see what their defense defense ranked this season in that season, but uh, they they I mean he had Amari Cooper, and that's the year after, two years after is when the Raiders had the fire sale. If you remember, they got rid of Amari Cooper, they got rid of Khalil Mack, and got rid of Rodney Hudson. Uh, so they kind of had that big fire sale and kind of went the whole rebuilding route, which I didn't really agree with, but. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that Brady was kind of like, you went with that motherfucker, you're sticking with that motherfucker, but whatever. You know, Brady Brady can say whatever the fuck he wants. He's been to, what, ten Super Bowls and won six, so, I mean. Yeah, he can say whatever dude, he wants to. Yeah. He's he's not like an Aaron Rodgers who, who, who can't say yeah. whatever he wants to. Yeah, he's got, he's got as many Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer does. One. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I still can't believe I, that whole Green Bay dynasty for the last 20-something years, almost 30 years, they've only brought home two Super Bowls. That's crazy. With, with, two, with two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever lace it up. Is, exactly. Crazy, man. All right, so the season's going to be starting here probably in about, what, 10 uh, – September 8th, I believe, is kickoff. So, I think we got about two – roughly about two weeks left. So, here are the playoff teams from last year. Typically, in most years, you see about four new playoff teams every year. And so, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Steelers made it in the AFC – the Packers, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Eagles made it in the NFC. What teams do you feel are not making it back to the playoffs this season? I think there's one or two obvious answers, but I, but I, and I think the the, the conference that's going to have the most turnover is the AFC. But so tell me, tell me what you're thinking. Yeah, uh, I mean definitely Pittsburgh. I don't think they make it back. Okay. Uh, and then probably the Patriots are going to be the two that I feel that I don't see them coming. Um, Titans are kind of that that unknown team. It depends on how how their wide receivers are going to come out and play. Um, that would be the three I would say in the AFC, uh, NFC, maybe the Cowboys is the the one I see. I think Philadelphia could okay. win that division. Uh, and I think there's just other – I mean, you're going to probably have three out of the NFC West again. I, I think the 49ers, the Rams, and the Cardinals. So that's taking up the wild card they... spots. Okay. Interesting. I will uh, – I disagree a lot on – well, not on everything, but on quite a bit. I agree that I don't think – Killers and the Patriots are making it. I don't think the Titans are making it back to the playoffs because I think the Colts are going to win that division and the South is only going to take one is only going to produce one team. And, and, that, and that's why, the, yeah, the, that's why I was saying I, I I don't think the Titans. I think they're going to be the other okay. team because I think the Colts with Matt Ryan now can uh, can make that push. Okay. I 
I know the Raiders did a lot of good in the offseason with Devontae Adams, but I don't like Josh McDaniels. He's the head coach. I'm not a fan of Josh McDaniels. And I think having to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos six times, they got to go at least three and three to have a shot. So I don't think the the Raiders, the Patriots, the Steelers, or the Titans are getting in at all. I think four teams from the AFC change. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't think the Cardinals or the Eagles are making the playoffs this year. And I'm iffy, I'm iffy on San Francisco because I don't know what Trey Lance is going to do. So I'm going to call it now. I don't think Arizona or the 49ers or the Eagles are making the playoffs. So replacing my teams in the AFC, I think it's going to be the Colts out of the South. I think that the Broncos are coming out as a wild card team. I think the Chargers are coming out as a wild card team. And then I think the Ravens are going to make it. So you're going to have the Bills. The Colt, the Bills are going to win their division. I think the Ravens are actually going to win the North, but the Bengals make it in as a wild card. And I think Kansas City still wins the West. And then you get the Chargers and the Broncos, as well as, um, you know, uh, coming out of there. And then you have two teams from the North. And then out of the NFC, I think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs this year. I think, I, I think New Orleans Saints, are going to make the playoffs this year as Jameis Winston stays healthy. And I think that the other team that's going to make it, I have, I I don't know, I have a weird feeling about it. Uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb right now. I'm going to call that the Lions make the playoffs this year. I think there'll be three teams from the NFC North that make the playoffs this year. Wow. So I, I just think that division – I think that division is just going to tear each other up this year. The North? I, but, I mean, the, yeah. I, I think the, the Lions were a lot better than the record states because a lot of the games that they played, they played the teams tough. They were in each of the games. I mean, hell. They were. Justin, Justin Tucker had to hit a 66-yard NFL record field goal to beat them. Yeah, just to win. So, I, I want to so. talk to you real quick – to tell you why I think if you look at the Lions schedule it's pretty manageable before the bye they got to play the Eagles but they get the Eagles at home they get the Commanders at home they got to play at Minnesota they get Seattle at home and they got to go to New England but that's in early October so it's not going to be that bad then in the back half after the bye they're at Dallas they get Miami they get the Packers at home. They they got to go to Chicago, to the Giants. They get the Bills at home, the Jags at home, Minnesota at home. Then they go to the Jets at Carolina, Chicago home, and then they finish the season at Green Bay. If the Lions can go 3-3 three and three in their division, I think that they can pull up. I think they can beat Washington. I think they can Seattle. I think they can beat Miami. I think they can beat Dallas possibly. And I think they can beat the Giants for sure. Jacksonville and the Jets and Carolina are all winnable games. Really, the games that I'm looking at here that are not division games that I think that they have little chance of winning 
is against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. I don't think they're going to beat Dallas at Dallas. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to go to New England and beat New England uh, because Bill Belichick will be able to game plan for Jared Goff, I think. But I, I like the Lions as a surprise team. I, I, I think the Lions make the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to go on a run. But if, I don't know if you've been watching Hard Knocks, Josh, but that team is fired up, and they look like they're ready to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. Well, I mean, I've seen that last year with that team. I mean, they, they never gave up. And it, it didn't right. seem like they started uh, the first eight games or so. It just seemed like they were getting used to each other, playing with each other. Yeah. And then the second half of that season, that offense started coming alive. Uh, I think Jared Goff finally got comfortable. He found uh, St. Brown a lot more. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're they're a sleeper team. Um, yeah. But I'm going to have to completely disagree with you on Dallas, man. I think okay. with the loss of Amari Cooper, um, yes, they got C.D. Lamb. They got Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's not going to be there for, I think, the first eight games for his injury. Um, Only the first game. Okay. But I, I, don't see, I don't see them being as good as they were last year. And, and another thing, you said the Washington Commanders, you gotta watch watch out for them too. They were a quarterback away from really trying to contend uh, when they have good. when they have that full defensive line. There, that defensive line was pretty much out most of last year. So that'll be back up and be their number one. So I expect their defense to greatly improve. And we we all bash Carson Wentz, but he is a game manager. He's got some receiving help there. So don't sleep on Washington. I, I think uh, they, uh, they could surprise some people. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting takes. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield winning the starting starting nod for week one? He's a better quarterback out of him and Darnold. I mean, by okay. far. He's got more upside. I mean, the, the Cleveland, they gave him a raw deal, man. Plain and simple. He's a good enough quarterback to, to win with that team. He Like uh, Biggins said on Friday, he's a, a quarter of a way from that defense actually stepping up and stopping Mahomes from them making a deep run in the playoffs that year. Well, mind you, so, it wasn't Mahomes. Mahomes got hurt that game. It was Chad Henney that he couldn't beat. Was that the first Mahomes? Okay. Mahomes, yeah. Mahomes went out with an injury. Couldn't come back for that game, and Chad Henney led, oh, led the led, led the way. So yeah, that's I mean, right. That's right. It was the, it was the first game of the year that happened. Uh, they were up so much; they were up like twenty points, and uh, Mahomes came back and beat them. That was that. Yeah, like that, that, earlier in that season, yeah. that's what it was. But yeah, yeah you're right. Chad Henney so, had that miracle fourth down rush play or yeah. uh, pass play. Yeah. Like that everybody was like, "Man, Andy Reid's got some fucking balls on him." <laughs> oh Lord! But yeah, I mean, um, he, somebody, he deserves Lee to to get a shot. I don't know, man. I think Matt Ruley is out after this year. Matt Ruley is a great college head coach. Uh, he turned Temple around, and uh, he came to Baylor when all those sanctions hit. He won one game his first season. 
seven the second season, then won 11 games his third season there. So I, I think if it doesn't work out this season with the Panthers, if the Panthers – I think for Matt Rooley to keep his job, I think the Panthers have to have a winning record. So even if that's nine and eight, I, I, I think the Panthers would retain him for another season. But if they win like five or six games, I think Rooley's gone. And I think there'll be some college programs that need a head coach that would be happy to bring him in. Um, yeah, I'll, you know. I'll agree with you on that one. I, I don't think he's he survived. I, unless they go – if they go like eight – what eight and nine, and they're in most eight. of the games, and they just they just lose by say like a field goal or something, you know? Yeah. We were all saying about that about Zach Taylor too, you know, two and fourteen, oh, yeah. one and fifteen. Everybody was calling for his head, but last year, I didn't hear a fucking peep. Like goddamn. No. So. Oh, I last year, Josh, because I didn't expect a Super Bowl run. Hundred percent honesty. I was like, nobody Burrow's gonna. Burrow's going to be rusty for about a, about the first six games or so because of the ACL. I was like, if the Bengals can just win seven games, this was the season I thought they would make the leap and be like a playoff contender, but I did not expect it. But Burrow is the real deal. I don't know if Zach – you know how they say great quarterbacks make their coaches look good? Well, that might be the case here because I know Mike McCarthy's a shit coach, but he had Aaron Rodgers for all those years, making him look good. So yeah, I I don't I don't know if Zach Taylor is the guy if he's ever going to be on the level of McVay or Sean Payton or some of these guys. But you know, I I, I don't know. I, but I hope that Burrow continues to win because the one thing that's alarming, Josh, is since like the year two thousand, quarterbacks who made the Super Bowl for the first time ever in their career and lost, haven't really made it back. And now, granted, that list of losing quarterbacks isn't exactly a who's who for the first-time quarterbacks that made it to the Super Bowl uh, for the first time and lost. It was like Jake DeLome and Terry Collins. Uh, But there were some names on there, like Matt Ryan and Cam Newton. So hopefully Burrow does make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and I I think that this team has enough talent to do it. Uh, but you're right. I I think Burrow had a big part in getting Cincy to draft Jamar Chase, and I think yeah. that was the difference maker. I I know everybody was talking offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That's all we heard. Uh, yes, yeah. it was a problem, especially during the Super Bowl. You could see it, and during the playoffs, you could see it. But Jamar yeah. Chase was a, a difference maker pretty much all year. Uh, I mean, he destroyed the Ravens by himself. I think he had he more yards than the Ravens' offense had that 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 game. So, and here's here's the thing that I'll say about the Bengals, and they have a lot of young talent, but they got to be smart when it comes to resigning players. I know everybody, I know fans out there, they're like, "Well, resign this person, resign this person." You, you can't resign everybody because you have a salary cap, and you got to keep some money off to the side. I don't know what Burrow's going to want money-wise. I'm hoping Burrow takes less than the max uh, in order to build a winning team, but I'm not going to, you know, fault him if he doesn't, right? But I'll say this, and Higgins, I think you pay Chase, and if Higgins wants to walk for more money, you let him walk and you draft another receiver. Name me one Super Bowl team in the last 25 
Bears. A team, a Super Bowl winning team, a team that's won a Super Bowl that's had two Pro Bowl starting wide receivers. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. The only thing I can think of is maybe that uh, St. Louis Rams team. I, I think Isaac Bruce uh, and Tory Holt were the was the two Pro Bowl with that quarterback. I think that's really the last time. Yeah, and that was the greatest show on turf with Marshall Falk and company. So yep, uh, I think you're right with that. Uh, the only other team that I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to think of if they possibly if they it was uh, that the no the Colts the, when the Colts won the Super Bowl was it Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Uh, it might have been, yeah. But I I think Reggie Wayne was on a rookie contract still. Because when, when he got paid, Marvin Harrison was gone from Indianapolis. Yeah, you're right. So, I you know, I I think now if the Bengals can win a Super Bowl in the next two years, great. You know, but, but I when it comes time to playing, paying for position, I think, I think you let Higgins walk. You got to let Joe Mixon walk when his contract's up. You can get another running back somewhere, right? Like yeah, Mixon, running backs Mixon, are a dime a dozen. What, running backs are a dime a dozen, unless they're a truly special running back like Adrian Peterson was in his prime or Barry Sanders was in his prime. You kind of keep those guys. But Mixon, Mixon's a good player, but he's not, you know, he's he's not He's not like, he's oh not elite. Yeah, he's not even. Yeah. So um, if I'm the bank, what you spend money on? There's three. There's four positions that you spend money on: quarterback, defensive line, defensive line, and cornerback. That's that's the four positions. You lock down. You get a lockdown corner, or a great safety. You get great offensive lineman, you get a really good edge rusher or great edge rusher and you have a great quarterback, you can win you can win games and you can make the playoffs and win championships. Exactly. But it, I mean, like you said, it all depends on that on that quarterback position anymore. I mean, these quarterbacks, I'm sorry, fifty million dollars a year and a salary cap is what, two hundred? Like you're yeah. you're taking away a fourth of that salary cap, and you know you got to pay an edge to almost fifteen to twenty million. Right. Receiver yeah. nowadays is twenty to twenty five million. That like that shit's yeah. going to start adding up, and so it's a, it, you got to yeah. you got to think: Do I become a a guy that wants to win championships like a Tom Brady and a, a Peyton Manning, or do I want to be like an Aaron Rodgers and just take the money? And then bitch and complain that I don't have we, our team doesn't have enough money to spend to keep my favorite receiver or um, get these players that you want me to get. So, uh, I, and well, I, I think that's happening. I think that's going to start happening in uh, Baltimore because we all know Lamar Jackson still doesn't have a contract. He's not. He he's showing up, but he's he's not playing. But he wants a right. fully guaranteed deal for over $230 million. And I don't think the Ravens want to give it to him. They haven't seen enough. Flacco, 
Joe Flacco, when he now granted, Flacco was not a splashy quarterback in the regular season. He was a guy that threw for like 3,200 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. But come playoff time, Flacco was a different animal, and Flacco won a lot of playoff games, including the Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson's got to show that he can do that. I mean, the Browns are another example. They sunk, I want to say, $200 million in four positions on Deshaun Watson, on Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and then the fucking uh, – Miles then, Garrett. And I think that, Miles Garrett. And then they, and uh, Denzel Garrett. Ward, too. And Denzel Ward. Ben, but it's like, it's like, what are the Browns going to do? They sunk a ton of money on Amari Cooper and, and, and Deshaun Watson. And, and to be honest with you, when some of these guys on defense start aging out, what are they going to do? Nick Chubb's going to need a new contract too soon, I think. No, I think he's fine. But, okay. again, you're at, the, you're, at that, you're at that position of running back to where you can draft the next big thing coming out of – out of college, and, and that's and I'm yeah. sorry to say that's happening with receivers now. I mean, how many yeah. receivers this year went in the first round? The, the receiver core this past coming, yeah. So these players, I want twenty five million dollars. If I'm a if I'm a GM now, like, you know what? It, it's probably the better idea to do it. But how about I get this rookie on this rookie contract? Uh, we're probably going to be a playoff team anyway. Let's just let this guy go. We're going to draft this guy, and he's his replacement. And I've got that player for five years instead of exactly. Madonna that wants $25 million aging. So, and, and let's be honest. And I think at wide receiver, elite receivers are hard to come by, but there's players that demand these contracts that I'm like, what have you done? Terry Warren, what have you done? A.J. Brown. What have you done? Debo Samuel, what have you done? Debo Samuel had one great year last year, and he wants to get paid. What have you done, guys? How, as the receiver, I'll pay you if you have three or four great seasons in a row, and I feel like, yeah, you're worth it. You, 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 you be, like, to me, it's too early on Jamar Chase. I hope he keeps ascending, and I hope he doesn't have, just have this great rookie year and then falls off. I don't think he will. But, like, like Justin Jefferson, I think, deserves to get paid. Justin Jefferson is probably one of the two or three best receivers in the league right now. I think he deserves to get paid. He's he's had three really good seasons in a row. But then you got a guy like Deontay Johnson who wanted to get paid. Okay, Deontay, what have you done, though? Like, why am I going to pay you when when your, your numbers aren't – like, Deontay Johnson's not putting up Antonio Brown-level numbers that, that, you know – Here, let me just tell you something. Deontay Johnson is a pure possession receiver. Let me tell you. He, has, he only went over 1,000 yards once. That was last season. But his yard per reception is was 10 – Point nine. 10.9. I don't even know where that ranked uh, in, in the NFL um, last season. Like, I, well, that's got to be see, super. Usually, if you're a really good receiver, you're at like 14 yards per catch. 
To Deontay Johnson's defense, though, he did have a broken down Ben Roethlisberger throwing to him. And so. now he's, but now he's got fucking Mason Rudolph and Mitchell Trubisky throwing to hey, him. Hey, Kenny Pickett's I got mean, three touchdowns and only three interceptions. Or three incompletions in preseason so far. Can Come I on, name Kenny all? Pickett's the real deal. Okay, well, take your Ken, Kenny Pickett stuff then. Relax. It, it, that was a joke. Can I name? That was just a joke. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you took me serious on that. Because our producer isn't here. All right, I'm going to name some receivers that all had higher yards per catch than Deontay Johnson. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Brian Edwards. Deontay Harris. A.J. Green at 72 years old. Marquez Calloway. Quez Watkins, Emmanuel Sanders, Hendrick Bourne. Yeah, but Kenny you got to. Yeah, but how many how many catches do these guys these players have? Some of these probably had like three catches to fifteen catches on the season, and they got so many yards, and I, he's got I, over a thousand yards and ninety catches. You know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know he had a hundred catches last year, but I'm just saying, all he is is he's a guy that catches a little underneath route, and I, don't, I just prove something to me, Deontay. Prove something. Oh, to I agree me with you. Before you, before you ask to get paid, you well, know, the same thing with I, the with the running back. Yeah, same with the running I, back. I think that same, same thing with that, uh, the Steelers running back. I mean, how many dump offs did he have every single game? Yeah. Hundred percent. All right, we are running out of time. Uh, we have about five minutes left. So one thing I got to cover, Josh, is um, double punishment, buddy. You have fied the pyramid of punishment, and I have not decided. I just, I have finally found what? floaties that will fit my my uh, forearms. I finally bought them on Sunday, so I got them. I'm ready to go this this week, so I had to get the supplies before I could do the challenge. And without it being well, cool season need, anymore, yeah. it was hard to find this shit. We need video evidence so we can put it on our Twitter page. Okay, we need the video it'll, it'll evidence. Be, so make sure someone. What's that? Yeah, I've got. I, it'll probably be either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, okay. And then right after okay. that, because I got to hurry up and do that. Because I got a draft on Saturday, and then I got our draft on Sunday at the lovely now, Twin time, Peaks, I might add. What time are you coming down to the party on Saturday? Uh, so my draft, I think, starts at 4. Okay. Uh, it usually is about three hours, three and a half hours. So um, you said okay. you guys are doing dinner, right? Yeah, at Yard House at 7. Okay. So it'll probably be a little after after seven then, seven thirty eight o'clock okay. we'll be down there. So yeah, you can meet you can either come meet us at Yard House and maybe if we're still eating, just come have a drink or just wait for us and then we'll be heading out to the bars or whatever you want to do. So well, you got to remember it, uh, it, the Bengals are playing, so it is gonna be busy down there. 
I know, I know, man. I, I, I'm like shit. I hope, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> three minutes to go. I gotta ask you because I know my answer already right now, but I might be proven wrong. But what former beauty? So someone that was really hot back in the day that did not age well at all, like that is just no longer, like who's aged to the point? Uh, you know, I, I just watched her documentary, Shania Twain. Okay. I think she has really? aged. She's still cute, but I mean, no, I, I don't, I don't find her as attractive as I did before. Um, back in the, Goldie like, Hawn. Back in the, I think Goldie Hawn okay, used to be right. a, a babe back in the day. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn was never attractive. Goldie Hawn looked fifty back in back back in nineteen eighty five. Dude, she's still pretty hot, and and she looks no. like she looks like a a ninety year old woman now. You said who didn't age well? I'm just saying. I okay. All right, I'm gonna give you one. Yasmin Belief. Remember, remember Yasmin Belief. From Baywatch? Nope. Oh, no. man. Look up. Google search on your phone right now. Yasmin Lee. But you're right about Shania. I didn't realize she had put on. I mean, she's also older. Oh, she also had Lyme disease. So, yeah. But, yeah. Think Shania Twain was un- Unbelievable. Unbelievable. By the way, did you see Yasmin Bleep now? Yep, I sure do. God damn. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she looked like uh, uh, Jenna Jameson, too. When she got. Jenna Jameson was fucking hot as shit. And she got. She got hit by a few trucks, it looked like, last time I seen her. (laughs) You know who else has Uh, been well? And it's not that she's gained weight, but her face hasn't aged well. That's Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, she gained a bunch of weight. No, but not as much. So, I mean, she, she, she lost a lot of it now. I watched 911, dude. She doesn't. She didn't get, lose that much weight. <laughs> yeah, but then you see, like, other people but, that look – Unbelievable, like Jennifer Lopez at her age. Unbelievable, Jennifer Lopez. You there, Josh? Yeah, I'm here. I just, I uh, put it on mute because uh, you can hear my son oh, in the background no. screaming. Uh, right. But there was there was one supermodel that I, I can't remember her name. I I watched a documentary uh, to where she was fucking smoking hot, and now she's. Uh, like a prostituting herself on the streets of L.A. Oh man, it's um, a rough life comes fast. Life comes at you fast is all I can say. But uh, that is all the time we got here on a Monday. We will hopefully be all together on a Friday. We got to figure out with Joe what's happening. Why he uh, didn't text us to let us know that uh, our producer was going to be on. I have to get with Sam because. Sam told me he didn't think he was going to be able to make the show. Then he texted me saying he did think he was going to be able to make the show. And then 
nothing. So hopefully we'll have what a the bunch whole of crew dicks. back here on Friday. Yeah, what a bunch of dicks. Anyways, we will have a big show on Friday. Sam's got one of Alabama's uh, coaches joining us on Friday. Uh, we have college football preview, college football kickoff to start to talk about on Friday. So big show. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back at you on Friday. Here you go, Josh. Say your catchphrase. This bud's for you, buddy. This bud's for you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We cover our bases, basic, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch where it takes us. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our response is amazing. Our bases covered, yeah, yeah, you know you love it, our thoughts, they be off of the dome. First to the second, the topics, they change like the weather, then you know we bringing it home. We cover our bases, basic, you can't erase us, back and forth, watch how we shine. Cultural topics and sports, baby, you know we got it, always our responses be prime. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.